0: Business marketing is a critical activity that can directly impact growth and profit. Yet with so many options available today, how can you choose the right marketing program for your business? Welcome to I Think I Need Marketing with Bonnie Taylor. If you're looking to better understand marketing, then you've stopped by the right show. Now here is your host Bonnie Taylor.
1: Hello and welcome to I Think I Need Marketing. I'm your host, Bonnie Taylor, and I am so excited about today's episode. We have entrepreneur extraordinaire Carolyn Thompson stopping by. She's going to chat marketing, building businesses, and how to gain success within your own marketplace. This ties in beautifully with today's topic about the marketplace, and this show's overall goal and mission, which is, of course, to make marketing more approachable to deconstruct its many, many pieces and tools, and then teach you how to use these tools, how to take them, customize them, make them your own, so that you too can build out and grow your own businesses. I recently watched a YouTube video that sums up the struggle many business owners and executives, business managers have with marketing. And do yourself a favor. If you have not seen this, you have to watch it. It is so funny. Uh, Google teens struggle to figure out rotary phone. It's hilarious. Uh, At least it is if you've actually used a rotary phone before. Because the concept is it's uh, two teenage boys who are presented with a rotary phone and given a certain number of minutes, a few minutes to make a call. And they don't know how to use it. They don't know what they're doing. And they look at the phone and they are flummoxed. They know it can make a call. They've got that down. And they know they have to somehow... Dial the numbers. The word "dial" didn't actually clue into them, but dial the numbers in, and that's going to get them to that to that end goal of making that call. But they're under a time constriction, and it, it's really kind of a problem for them. And they go through it; they don't know how it works, and they, and all these different pieces. That to me is how marketing is for for many business owners, people who have not been exposed to marketing, who are not trained in it, who do not understand what the little pieces are, how they work together, and how to strategically take a grand idea, that master plan in your brain, and take those pieces and have them working for you. But fear not, savvy listeners, if you stick with me, you are going to understand marketing. And armed with this knowledge, you'll be able to build out your own plan of attack so that you can take on the market share and win the marketing challenge. So let's start by putting you in a strategic mindset. I want you to start thinking about your business and thinking about your own marketplace. Let's start with the word marketplace itself. It's one you're going to hear over and over and over again. I'm certainly going to say it quite a bit. And what does it mean and why should you even care about it? Put simply, the marketplace is where the buyers hang out. It's where you will find the people who will make a purchase from your company, or make a donation to your nonprofit. That's who you're trying to target, and all of your marketing activities are funneled into this marketplace. Now, the reason why you should care about this is because your actions within the marketplace will eventually, and hopefully, lead to a percentage of the market. In other words, market share. Once you've made a transaction with your business, you've gained market share very, very small market share, but you've still gained market share. And your goal is to take as much market share as you can. And the reason for that is because that's called growth. That's how your business will grow. The more market you have, the more share of the market that you have, the bigger your business will be. And it goes on and on and on. Uh, Hopefully you've noticed by now that there is a connection between marketing, marketplace, market share. Have you figured it out yet? <laughs> it's the word market, of course. And that the reason for that is because marketing is communicating and connecting with your marketplace to gain market share. That's a little cumbersome. It's a little, a little bit much to say. And so what I do is I shorthand that by saying marketing grows business. Pretty, pretty to the point. And that's what it is. So you're trying to Reach your marketplace, communicate, and connect with your marketplace to gain market share, and that's how your business will grow. You may be thinking that, yes, this is great. Another marketing term, I get it. Marketplace, market share, growth. Got it. But it really doesn't mean much to me yet. It's not personal. It doesn't it doesn't matter as much because I don't see the connection or I, I can't quite connect the dots with my own business. Fair enough. I want to change that right now because I want you to start thinking in terms of your own business. Do you have it in your mind yet? Do you see your buyers? Do you see where they hang out? The beautiful thing about the marketplace is that the entire world is open to you. You are not limited. So your buyers could be anywhere. It's just a matter of figuring out their unique features and where they pull together. Let me give you some examples. You can think about your marketplace in terms of geography. Let's say you draw a circle around your office or around your retail establishment, 20 minutes away, 50 miles away, up and down the East Coast, or somewhere around 14 different countries. And that is a geographic marker for your marketplace. But you're not limited to that. Remember, the entire world is open to you. So thinking in terms of industries, uh, uh, specific types of job types within industries, you can go after people because of age, because of gender, because of both. You can go after people for their activities. If you want to target every marathon runner within a certain state, you can use that. These are your marketplaces, and it's up to you to figure out what will work with your business. Once you have that, you can start thinking strategically and build out that market profile. This is where you can take your business, whatever business that you have, and then match it up with the marketplace and start to see where there are some holes. Start to see where you might have some limitations as far as reaching those buyers And start looking at the tools that will help you communicate and connect with them. This is what the grand plan, this is what you're trying to do. You're trying to strategize and try to figure out how to best work with those people because they're already your buyers. You already know you need them. It's just a matter of getting together. It's all fine and well to speak at the high level and keep everything in an abstract form. And... That's, that's great. And we have to do that because you all have different businesses. You all have different needs. You're all at a different stage. But I would love to give you real world examples, examples of businesses that have not only grabbed market share, but they have just hands down won that marketplace challenge. And they've done it in different ways, because there are different ways to take on the marketplace. You can invent your own marketplace. You can go head-to-head with a competition and just build that better mousetrap, or you can just take a completely different angle and kind of migrate your buyers over to your business and take the market share that way. So let's start with the first one. Let's start with inventing a new marketplace, completely new. I want you to look around where where you're located or think about your desk or your office. I'm currently at a desk, so it's an easy one for me. I can just kind of scan and see one of my favorite products. I use these all the time, every single day. My desk is covered in these things. Post-it notes. (laughs) It's not that they invented, 3M did not invent paper. They didn't invent glue. But they put the two together and created a marketplace for a product that satisfied a need we didn't even know we had. That's how crazy it was. They invented a marketplace. Post-it notes as we know them today started out as an accident. It was a Dr. Spencer Silver, who was a scientist at 3M, invented and was trying to play around with some glue and he ended up creating this type of adhesive that could stick but come off very easily without damaging the paper underneath. And they started, after a few years, they started to market it as the press and peel bookmark. Yes, it was a bookmark. It didn't do very well because people were like, okay, I didn't really need that. Of course, people today use them as bookmarks, but back then, they just, it just fell flat. And then they just started creating it as a, as a note, as, a, as an option for the office. And it became the post-it note that we know today. They started selling it as that in the late 70s. And it was something that became part of every office. Everybody needed them. The marketplace did not exist before that. Pretty cool. But creating a new marketplace is not always possible. Sometimes it's just a matter of building a better mousetrap. And one of the best examples out there, and is an example marketers love because it is a success story beyond success stories. It's Apple Computer. And if you think back to the time when Apple started in the 70s, when the market was primed for personal computers, but the ones that were already out there were a little complicated. My first computer was a Commodore 64, and you had to know the commands and the prompts to get anything to happen. You had to type them all in. It's hard to imagine that now because we have click, click with the mouse. But before it was just the keyboard and just knowing those commands. And it was really hard. It's basically knowing another language. And if you didn't know it, you couldn't use the computer, which was so frustrating. So when Apple came out, they started with this uh, with with the Windows, with uh, creating Windows, making it user friendly, using a mouse, and just making it something that the average person could. Quickly, at least relatively quickly, grasp and then take on and start using their computer. They didn't have to learn that new language. They could just click, click, and get there. It was on a drop down, it was a simple icon. It was very, very easy to use. And that just went and just flew off the shelves. People wanted these computers. And they've grown and innovated ever since. It's something that uh, they've never stopped. They've actually become this company of innovation. If you think about it, before the iPods, we had like Walkmans. We had those CD walk uh, disc players that you could strap to yourself. And if you were running and moving too much, the disc could skip. Or your tape, if you were using a tape, it was just, it only had a certain amount of time. And then you have to replay the whole thing. The iPod was so cool because you could just play so many different things, different music. They didn't create the concept of taking your music with you and putting it in a small format that you could then listen to on headphones. They didn't create that concept. They just made it better. Um, then you think about like mobile phones. Well, you know, 20 something years ago, nobody had a mobile phone. I mean, it was just very few, I should say, very few people had mobile phones. It wasn't as common as today. And with the first phones, they were just actually phones. They were phones. They didn't really do anything. I mean, they might play the little game of, you know, worm or something else, those little simple games, but they didn't really do anything else. Then Apple comes out with the iPhone, and suddenly everybody has to have a smartphone. It's it's, it's necessary. You can't go out, um, through life without one. I mean, think about how many times you look at your smartphone every day. They just reinvented, and they innovated, and they keep moving forward with that, and that's how they've gained market share. It's pretty cool stuff. They did this by listening to what their buyers needed and trying to figure out a better solution, a solution that they could then capitalize on and then take it and brand it in such a way that it became something that everybody had to have. They created that demand. They created those long lines for every new release because of the way they marketed it. And they took that market share back from the other companies. It's hard to imagine life today without Apple, but they did that only because they reinvented what was already out there. Another example of a business that took over market share, not because it created a new product or created a new system, but because it reinvented what was already there. Listened to its buyers, listened to what they wanted, and addressed those needs. When I first encountered this business, I lived in Austin, Texas, and it was a Small, small little store. It was. um, If you don't know Austin's tagline of "Keep Austin Weird," it's very much in keeping with this business. And it was alternative type people. Um, Nothing wrong with that, but it was just they were they were different. And it was really, really trying to cater to that lifestyle, very granola esque, if you will. And it changed because the market changed, people changed, buyer changed, and they wanted. uh, They wanted the organic. They wanted the uh, businesses with a conscience. They wanted to know where things came from, and they wanted to know that there was a company that was checking all of this out for them. And of course, I'm talking about Whole Foods. And it started to grow. And before I moved away from Austin, they had grown to many, many different uh, locations. And now they're all over the place. And they go into a location, and it's like, wow, this is a big deal. They're not the first supermarket out there. They're not going to be the only supermarket in this, in whatever region they're in. But they are trying a different approach, and people have responded. They've gone through and addressed those needs. I have firsthand experience with this product vetting process through a client. If this client has, was a startup and they had two new products, organic products, And to launch them to the world, we went to the largest natural product and organic product expo. And this is a huge show. This is a very, very large show. Think multiple levels of trade show uh, exhibitors and thousands and thousands of people walking around the floor. And all anybody could talk about was Whole Foods. And they wanted Whole Foods to pick up their products. And it was such a big deal when Whole Foods came around and started talking to my client grilled my client on the products, grilled him. And to the point, fortunately, I was there and kind of jumped in and and helped out and helped smooth the way. But it was so nerve wracking for him. I felt so bad. But that's their brand. And that's where they've gained market share because people trust them to have gone through those steps. And that's how you win market share. When we come back, Carolyn Thompson will be with us. You're listening to I Think I Need Marketing with Bonnie Taylor.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Looking to grow your business in 2019? You need CCS Innovations. We're an award-winning strategic marketing and design firm, working with clients worldwide on achieving their business goals. Whether yours is a startup company or a multinational corporation, our experienced marketing team can help set you on the right path. Our services range from high-level strategies and branding programs to projects such as campaigns and websites. Need more than a single project? We can become your own outsourced marketing department. 2019 marks CCS Innovation's 10th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering I Think I Need Marketing listeners a 10% discount on all new projects started this year. Mention the show when you contact us. Start growing your business today by giving us a call at 703-988-7189 or visit us online at ccsinnovations.com, ccsinnovations.com. tuned in to I think I need marketing. If you have a question or comment for host Bonnie Taylor, please send an email to Bonnie Radio at i think i need That's Bonnie Radio at i think i need Now back to I think I need marketing.
1: Welcome to I think I need marketing. This is Bonnie Taylor, and I am so pleased to be joined by Carolyn Thompson. Carolyn is an entrepreneur who has taken it to a new level. She not only has been successful with one business, but she's gone on with multiple businesses and each one has been in a different industry. So this is really exciting. i love to chat with her and start off with Carolyn. Can you just tell us a little bit about how you got started in business and started with these companies?
3: Sure, sure. So my, probably my first foray into business was my, when I was a Girl Scout selling cookies door to door. That's what, at least that's, you know, what we would like to talk about as a member of the Girl Scouts board. But um, (laughs) in, in all seriousness, Girl Scouts does have a great opportunity for young girls to start to learn how to make money and, and have a business. And my very, very first company that I had was when I was in high school. I was baking cakes for people and I used to make designer cakes and custom cakes. And then I um, babysat and did all that sort of stuff. And then as I, after I got out of college, I started working as a recruiter. And um, I think the first business that I started ultimately after that was uh, a recruiting agency that I ended up selling. And then... Took that into at that time. I also had a uh, make your own mosaic store for a while, which was a lot of fun. It was like make you paint your own pottery, but it was make your own mosaics. Wow! And then I sold that, and then um, worked for the company that bought my company previously for a while, and then started another employment agency, um, executive search firm, which has about forty or fifty employees right now. And after that, I started the Washington Women's Leadership Initiative, which was a is a five hundred one c three Uh, educational nonprofit for women leaders we have events every month and networking events and educational events for women leaders who can get together across industry so there's people from it and there's people from marketing and there's people from hr and everybody gets together and it's been around we have our five-year anniversary actually this year in 2019 congratulations Um, after that so the marito group is my executive search firm um, which is meritogroup.com, and we do uh, direct hire, temporary, and large-scale RPO sourcing for companies. So right now, when unemployment is so low, there's not a lot of people... At- respond to ads. So companies need more candidates in their pipeline. So we have a whole group of people. That's all they do is, um, reach out to people directly, recruit them directly, and then get them into the pipeline for companies. It's a whole separate division outside of the standard temporary and direct hire placement services that we've done for a long time. So, yeah. And then there, then after WWLI started the, um, uh, resell XL, which is online consignment for plus size clothes, which is entering its third year this year. And then I also had um, biopharmaglobal.com, which gets drugs approved for rare diseases by the FDA. My husband is the CEO of that.
1: Wow. A lot of different companies. And each one is very, very different from mosaics to biopharma. (laughs) You run the range. Yeah. So your approach to each one has had to have been different and trying to break into these new markets, trying to break into these new industries required, uh, some research and effort, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so what kind of, what, where do you start with that? If you were, so thinking through my listeners, uh, if some of them are thinking about startups, what, where, where would you start? Well, it
3: depends on what your passion is, right? So, so for example, let's talk about the, um, the online retailer, right? So one I was trying to clean out my closet and wearing a size 14, 16 for a very long time, I couldn't find consignment stores to take the clothes because they don't take larger size clothes at most consignment stores because they take up more space. Consignment stores are limited to their space um and you know they usually have smaller uh, smaller stores so they just don't take everything and they only wanted things from like the most recent season well let's be honest we don't all just go out and buy new clothes every season so um we have clothes that maybe are a few years old they don't have to be 20 years old but you know five or ten years old or even you know two to three years old jeans and things like that you know you want to get rid of and you don't they're they were too expensive to for people to want to donate them but Um, not quite, uh, expensive enough, you know, to hit the designer market. So I couldn't find anywhere that I could unload a bunch of stuff. So I just said, I'm going to start this because there wasn't a place like that. So we take things from all over the country, the continental U S things get shipped in every week. Um, the girls process them, um, take photos and measure everything and post it online and sell. We sell things. We sell more overnight every day than we do all day, which I think is so fascinating. But um, really? <laughs> most of the shopping is as after dark, and <laughs> uh, and we ship internationally, so we have clients all over the world that shop from us. So, um, and that was just that, and we literally have people literally clean out their whole closets. And um, send things off. We sell a lot to movie studios, TV studios, um, people, you know, wardrobe stylists. When they're trying to, you know, people who have clothes that maybe aren't the most current season, there is a big market for that. in a lot of, for, particularly in wardrobe styling for television and movies. Interesting. So, um, yeah, so we do have a lot. Of, we have some pretty large um commercial clients that come and find things and then they tailor them or whatever they need to do with it but we also have the individuals who um who god bless love talbots right so we have (laughs) lots of talbots and and masook and uh there's some things we can't keep in stock so you know it's it's very interesting to see the cyclical nature of it Mm -hmm. um but it's a it's a group that accepts you know we accept more than we decline so um, I think that people are attracted to that, and we have some very, very loyal shoppers. So,
1: well, so I'm hearing that you this was a personal need that mm-hmm. you identified and decided. Well, you know what? There, you looked for it to help yourself, and right. then just went out and said, "You know what? I'm just going to build it." And was this the case with the other businesses as well? Uh, and
3: somewhat. So, the rare disease um, company, um, Biopharma Global. You know, my husband was very passionate about that that topic. And, you know, there's not a lot of money in that area. So we set it up to be, you know, with not-for-profit pricing so that people who are developing cures for rare diseases um, can have an outlet to get their research and whatnot through the FDA process faster so that they can get opportunities for people to have cures in the hands of the patient sooner. So to date in the last, they've been, we've had that company for two years. We have a hundred percent success rate. So everything we've sent in has been approved. Wow. On the first on the first pass, yes. So and we grew that from scratch, from nothing, with hiring people and training them, and um, working with our chief science officer and our board of directors. We were very lucky to have a group of people who are passionate about that. Mm-hmm. So, but there's very few. There's a couple other companies that do that in the country, um, but they're smaller or larger. So there's a there's a uh, one company that we compete with that has is two women that work out of their house. You know, these our group works in an office and and has a you know a, a a central base to work from. And then there's very large publicly traded companies that have a small division that does that. But because there's not a lot of money in it, it is very niche. Um, but fortunately, you know, we go to the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference and other conferences across the country, and that's how they meet people who are creating uh, opportunities and creating. Both, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The the types of gene therapy and cell therapies uh, for (laughs) different types of rare diseases. So... (laughs)
1: So before you joined us, uh, the, we were talking about marketplace and talking about gaining market share, mm-hmm. and you're you're talking about two completely different marketplaces: uh, online with one st- with your store, or I guess your your online store, and then you have you're going to trade shows with the other. And mm-hmm. then I know personally from uh, the Washington Women Leadership Initiative that it is more of a in-person network- networking situation, a mm-hmm. very good one. <laughs> but it is definitely a, an in-person – now, all of this from a marketing standpoint is fascinating because your your brain has to go in so many different directions. And how do you decide or how have you chosen individual marketing tools that have helped you build out these businesses so from day one when you're thinking, okay, I have these, these clothes. I need a place to sell them. Where did you, Where did you finally decide, okay, I've got to put this in place and this in place and figure out I know my audience already. That's you know you, you already know that because you can self-identify. but how did you get to that stage?
3: so so for the retail, obviously it's B, it's a B 2 C, right? Mm-hmm. For the drug company, it's B2. B, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them are Cs, but most of them are Bs. Um, For the executive search firm, it's B to B, Mm -hmm. right? And for the Women's Leadership Initiative, it's B to C and some B, right? So Mm -hmm. it does depend. I I do have found, though, that across all the platforms, the most effective... what drives traffic to the websites and, and I monitor all that and use Google Analytics and, and look and see where people are coming from and what we you know, where we're spending our money from a marketing perspective and where people are, are finding us. You know, there's a difference between marketing, communications, PR and branding.
1: Yep. Right.
3: And and there's a definite plus to all of those and some some get more attention than others, but it's the blogging. It's Oh interesting. It's, it's blogging that drives most of – it drives the website um, Google Analytics up. It drives your Google placement up. It drives people being able to find you more. So I do have – I mean, we have – each company has its own social media and person and someone who is handling those types of communications daily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So some of them we we don't blog daily. We blog once a week, but we have social media three times a week, which is a little bit slow probably. But I haven't found that posting every day necessarily is growing our followers either. It's more the engagement that Mm -hmm. grows the followers. So it would be better to have better engagement and less time spent on uh, things that aren't engaging, if that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. So. Well, that was one of the things that I've been really trying to drive home is that matching that that communication and the the messaging, the, just the the vehicle and the message itself, with the buyers. Because mm-hmm. it, and it targeting the right buyers, because there are so many people out there, they're all going to go after something different. And right. having that right match is is absolutely critical to finding success. right and so and and that's where I'm just curious because you have so many different types and so many different so many different industries and buyers that you're just changing that message. and it, it's good that you have an individual who is dedicated to each brand because it'd be so hard to switch back and forth and back and forth and back and forth mm-hmm. to try and, because the message that you, I'm sure uh, putting out there with uh, executive women would be very different from the one going to the biopharma. Um, that right. would just, be, you, you try to communicate something completely right. different. Right. Now, Oh, so, I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: Well, I was going to say, fortunately or unfortunately, most of these, a lot of these messages are going to my LinkedIn profile, which does create a lot of confusion for people who are like, I don't really know what you do anymore. I'm like,
1: well, I'm pretty (laughs) much a serial entrepreneur. So, right? That's such a weird tone. that term has no. it's like sounds like you're is negative but it's actually just fascinating to have that many different businesses and being successful with them it's just amazing but yeah well, it's hard for people to
3: give me <laughs> referrals right they don't really right. know sometimes they're like oh you know she's got so much going on she doesn't need referrals well that's not really true either right i mean the majority of of our customers, particularly at the Marito group where we do the staffing and placement, come on referral, right? That has always been and has what is what I have done as a profession, core profession for a very long time. Fortunately, it's fed my entrepreneurial um, bucket to be able to go out and do other things as well right. and not just be a, a solopreneur. It's, you know, definitely serial entrepreneur is <laughs> probably the better term.
1: So, have you found any much crossover between them? Very
3: little, and even funnier, you know, with the consignment store, um, we have very few people. We have hundreds of people who send their items in, but I, I mean, let me just ask you this question: How many people do you think, out of out of the out of a thousand, let's just say there's you know every thousand consigners that we have, how many of those do you think are buyers that buy from the website also?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think because you're, you're so specialized, I, I think the number would be pretty high, maybe 30, 40 percent. So this was something I never even thought about when I started this. So which
3: I think is fascinating. So it's for every thousand, it's less than five really it's a very low number everybody
1: sells but nobody
3: buys they they buy new things and then they want to clean out their closet and get rid of it ah, and make some money right okay. and and okay. it's a very very low number of people who bought who buy new things and resell them and also buy resell, which i thought is very interesting and, and
1: interesting
3: right so so less than five of all the rest they're all buying resale but aren't sending their things in <laughs> right so it's very it, it's it's fascinating to me which i never would have ever thought about it that way
1: hmm. well and so when you're thinking about and i'm sure based off of your your history you've got future plans for more businesses and so when when do you kind of start that process when do you think okay it goes from an idea to an actual let's put this this train in motion let's actually get to some research let's get to where we're picking out how we're going to build this company out. So, we have one right now
3: that's about to launch, actually. And probably, I think we're looking at April 1st is the deadline. Oh, very soon. Um, Right, because we're actually working on some um, equity investments right now Mm -hmm. for that because it's a software company. So, um, And it's a retail-related software company. So, for the consignment industry, because the the software we use is woefully… behind the times. So instead of trying, we couldn't find a solution for what the things that we were experiencing. So we, we made it, went out and made it oh, and, love it. <laughs> um, and ultimately, you know, it, it, it's a, a really good platform where people will be able to sell right now. People who have consignment stores can't necessarily easily and efficiently sell through their social media and they don't post all of their items online to sell. They might pick one or two things, but they just don't do it yet. They take a picture of every item that comes in. So, um, so this software allows them to continue to do the process of intaking their items and taking a picture. They just need to throw in a few measurements, and then they can. It will enable um, all of their platforms to be people to be able to buy the item from the post.
1: I love it. Or, or
3: well, to I- be able to search you know, through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, it'll link to eBay, it'll link to other sales platforms, Google Shopping, everything.
1: I love it. When we come back, because we have to take a a quick commercial break, uh, and then we'll come back and discuss this a little bit more. You're listening to I Think I Need Marketing with Bonnie Taylor.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Looking to grow your business in 2019? You need CCS Innovations. We're an award-winning strategic marketing and design firm working with clients worldwide on achieving their business goals. Whether yours is a startup company or a multinational corporation, our experienced marketing team can help set you on the right path. Our services range from high-level strategies and branding programs to projects such as campaigns and websites. Need more than a single project? We can become your own outsourced marketing department. 2019 marks CCS Innovation's 10th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering I Think I Need Marketing listeners a 10% discount on all new projects started this year. Mention the show when you contact us. Start growing your business today by giving us a call at 703-988-7189 or visit us online at ccsinnovations.com, ccsinnovations.com. are tuned in to I Think I Need Marketing. If you have a question or comment for host Bonnie Taylor, please send an email to Bonnie Radio at iThinkINeed.com. That's Bonnie Radio at iThinkINeed.com.
1: Now back to I Think I Need Marketing. We are here with Carolyn Thompson and discussing multiple businesses, serial entrepreneurship. So Carolyn, before we took the break, you mentioned you created your own or are in the process of creating your own software to solve a need. For a business that you started based off of a need, this is amazing, and and I love how you've you've kind of flowed through your your life and through your own challenges and fixed it through your own companies. How has that uh, changed how you look at at the world in large? Are you always looking for new problems to fix, or are you just as they come along? It's really more as they come along. I
3: never would have you know if you had asked me this twenty years ago, I never would have thought that I would have you know PhD bio scientists working with me, right? That was, you know, I did well in chemistry, but, you know, I'm not a PhD biotech scientist. <laughs> so, um, and and I can't do the work that the people who do that work are doing, right? And I'll, I'll be the first person to, you know, takes takes a village, right? So everyone kind of, <laughs> they couldn't have started the company on their own either. So, you know, they had to have me there to get their website set up and get them a Google ranking and everything that needs to go on to get to get a company noticed and um, marketing materials created and, you know, things to hand out at the conferences and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, corporate culture, developing the corporate culture, setting up the 401k. I mean, there's all kinds of things that attract people to work there as well as attract companies uh, to do business with you, right? So mm-hmm. part of that is corporate culture, which is an important factor. So, um I didn't necessarily set out to to solve the software problem either, but the opportunity presented itself. There was a, a few key pieces that fell into place. And so we went for it. So that was, you know, now we have a, a board of directors and um it's bigger than just me doing it. It's not just me. I surround myself with other people who have skills that complement mine. So
1: have you found that your early market research and your market studies have guided the way you set up the company at all
3: yes so we do a lot of particularly around pricing and strategy and go-to-market strategy like what's the differentiators and what sets you apart so you know with software particularly um, early on having the conversations with the uh, patent and trademark Attorneys about what's mm-hmm. patentable. You know, software in and of itself has to have a unique process in it in order for it to be patentable. So, fortunately for us, this this launch has a very unique piece to it that is a very common problem for online retailers um, to solve that we have solved. And and there's actually an extra an extra little piece that's coming in here later, but. I can't discuss it, but um, there's <laughs> no. Two, tell us all about it right propri- now before you yes, launch. <laughs> there's like two proprietary pieces to this that are patentable, so um, which is very unique. So that's one of the reasons that the investors are attracted to this is because there 's two pieces that could spin off into other very, very lucrative ventures that i never I never would have thought of some of this on my own without the people who are on my board and and um, you know working on this with me
1: it 's so. lovely to have advisors mm-hmm. I, One of the things I always advise clients on is the the trademark and coming up with a business name and coming up with service names. Make sure that you can trademark them if you can. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, service names may maybe a little more difficult, but definitely the company at a minimum, and taglines as well. And so it sounds like you, you do that pretty early on before you start, open or before you even open the doors.
3: hmm hmm I did. You know, resell XL. That was one of the first things we did was was trademarked the name. And frankly, I forgot all about it until one day, you know, I'm sitting at my office and the government envelope comes and you're like, oh, gosh, what is this? The government manila envelopes <laughs> arrive at your desk. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's my trademark. That's it's so my exciting. trademark. Right? I forgot all about it. Right. Did you so, Do you frame um, yours? No, no. It's just sitting here next to me in the envelope still. It's still sitting in the envelope.
1: <laughs> But, but I'm saving I it, frame it for shark mine. tank.
3: <laughs> I'm saving those for shark tanks. So. Right, right,
1: exactly, exactly. So right. out, but yeah, no, I frame mine, I put them up there on the wall. I'm like, this is I own this. This is mine. So funny. <laughs> so in fact, the, the name of this show I think I need is is trademarked. I, I wanted to make sure all of that was locked up before I started anything. That's great. Yeah. So the um going back to your your lessons that you've learned as you've built out these businesses. Not everything has been smooth sailing, I'm sure. There are always bumps.
3: Well, you always learn more from something going wrong, right? Humans are conditioned to avoid pain, not seek pleasure. So people (laughs) spend more time planning and worrying about what will go wrong rather than just sometimes going out and giving it a try and then learning from what goes wrong and not not holding on to that that that's a failure right so something that doesn't go and this this goes to people who um analysis by paralysis or that are, have a hard time launching something because they spend so much time planning and wanting it to be perfect but it's never going to be perfect right. so you know i promise you that you know the apple people and macintosh people it was never always perfect right so right. um you have to be able to just evolve and pivot and and tr- be willing and able to try things right so it's kind of like jumping into the pool you know is the water cold well of course it's cold or it's hot i mean one or the other but you know either you're going to get in the pool or you're not irrelevant of what the water temperature is
1: at this stage are you still nervous every time you launch a company No, not really. I I don't
3: really, you know, I I probably should put more thought into it, which is probably what most people would tell you. Well, you didn't really do a lot of this. No, I don't, because I just kind of, I just kind of figured out and it evolves as we go. You know, none of, none of these are are over $10 million in, in annual revenue yet. So, you know, you're not talking about, you know, Mark Cuban or something, right? We're not on Shark Tank, but, but, and, and I don't know that I would ever even want that. I'm not a large company person, so, so there's a difference.
1: Yeah, um, uh, there's a difference between the large company. Is the culture is different. The feel is different. It's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So I don't know that that's ever going to be me. I'm too. I'm not necessarily um, that cut and dried that it that it requires. You know, I like to have a lot of flexibility. So, you know, I look at some of the bigger companies like PayPal and the people that I've met that worked on that early on, and um, the founder of Waze, If you ever have a chance to meet him, he's an amazing guy, right? But even he, I mean, he, he knows all that about. Yeah. So, but he's a, he's a really amazing guy. A long conversation with him and, and Austin a few months ago. And we were talking about, you know, it's important to be the first to market,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
3: You can, you can always improve, but you, but you're, you're always going to be the first if you're the first to market and everyone else will be the knockoffs. And, you know, as long as you are in the, the, um, a lean type of loop, which, you know, you try something, you evaluate and you, and you pivot and you enhance and then you try something, you evaluate, you pivot and enhance. and You keep going and going. That's how companies evolve. Right. right. But, you know, he's got 14, 15 startups in the loop right now.
1: Right. You know,
3: after, after one big payday, you know, he's using that money to fund other things. And that's kind of, um, you know, that's, that's, that's true of a lot of serial entrepreneurs.
1: So back to just to give my listeners a a little bit of uh, context, that first to market is also another way of saying just kind of inventing the marketplace, being the first one out there and Mm -hmm. having that. Taking over the market share because it's a, it's a novelty. You've brought in something completely new, and a good reference point for that would be like iPhones would be a fantastic one. Because or mm-hmm. or even just cell phones in general. I mean, can you imagine? Twenty something years ago, we didn't even have cell phones, and we weren't carrying them around. And now we can't live without them. No,
3: we carried them around. They were in a bag.
1: Well, okay, yeah, they, yeah. They weren't the <laughs> they weren't the small. They were really really heavy. Right? They were stuck in parts. The and phone. they came in a bag. I'll yeah, they, they gave us cancer. Yes. But um yes, that <laughs> but, the, too. but the but the little bitty ones, that that was not or, that wasn't usual. Yeah, and, that was Motorola with the with the clamshell flip, flip phone. I believe they they
3: had the patent on that, I'm pretty yep. sure.
1: I had one. I still have it actually. I think I have it in a box somewhere. Um so, That ooh. should be at the cell phone museum. Yeah. <laughs> Probably shipping it's such a I used it for it was funny, I used to use those for um for travel for international travel and I would uh, switch out the SIM cards. And so mm-hmm. I would bring them for that. And now it's like uh <laughs> just That's kidding. a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, so tell me, uh, uh, have you faced a, like come up ac- across something that a marketing challenge has? That I'm sorry, have you come across a marketing challenge that you were able to overcome through some kind of creative marketing or through that that taking that marketplace analysis that you've done and, and just kind of going, okay, I realize this is going to be a problem. I know this is going to be a problem, or is something that just even hit you and was a problem and what did you do or how did you if you have any examples we would love to hear them
3: so so the employment industry right the staffing and employment industry is very mm-hmm. commoditized and as a small company it is hard sometimes to get noticed and so we spend a lot of a lot of money and time on branding and um Name recognition and participating in events with the right types of people. And I think that's really putting yourself and getting identifying where that market is. Where are, your, where are the people who buy from you reading? Where, what are they watching? What are they doing? Um, there are definite, definite places you should and should not be right? So identifying and asking your current clients, you know, well, what kinds of things are you reading? What are some of the magazines that you're reading? What are you looking at online? Where are you getting your information? And keeping on top of that because it does change every six to 12 months. You have to have that same conversation with people because it's, you know, LinkedIn right now is one place that a lot of our clients get a lot of information every day. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily getting The news feed from CNN on their desktop, they've got their LinkedIn feed coming, Mm -hmm. right? So it's very interesting. You know, I love Twitter. Twitter is like one of my favorite things in the entire world. So I I know, me and Donald Trump. But um, (laughs) I love Twitter. It's so interesting, Right. But, you know, are you really reaching the audience that is buying from you by advertising on Twitter? You know, there's targeted advertising now available and you can spend a lot of money on that.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
3: identifying where those pockets are and that's a costly it, it's it's a huge
1: risk, but you have to try it out
3: so mm-hmm. that you can figure out what works for you. You can't just trust what everybody else says is going to work. You have to figure out what works for you.
1: Do you do a lot of marketing testing with your different tools, different communication vehicles? Do you, like, t- test, like, you know, put a little bit of money toward it, see if it works, and then come back and try more? Mm-hmm. Exactly.
3: Okay. Exactly. I mean, now and now we have one of our senior social media people is spending a lot more time monitoring the overview of where all the money's going, and the mm-hmm. overview of each company, and how many followers we're gaining, and how many people are clicking through, and the Google Analytics of that on a on a broader scale, because each company is so different. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we started that about nine months ago. So now we have some good data that's pretty meaningful, okay. um, identifying which posts and things are getting the most interaction. Um, which ads that we have that are getting the most recognition and getting the most click-throughs when we're paying for ads, banner ads and things like that, we're, we're identifying and,
1: and starting to see some of those trends in the last year. And it all comes back to the buyers. It all comes back to who you're trying to reach and where they're located because one social channel may work for one company, while, whereas you find another one is just absolutely perfect for the other. And right. it's just a matter of matching which one is going to work with those buyers. Right, right. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. I, I can't imagine how you, you know, looking at the different data and just seeing, okay, well, this one is going in this direction. Well, actually I can. I'm a consultant, <laughs> marketing <laughs> consultant. <laughs> but I'd I'm, I'm saying from my own client. Pers- right, right. For my for my own personal um seeing it every single day as my own little, you know, my little children out there, my little company children. Mm-hmm. Um, it must be a lot of fun. So have you thought about uh, the changes in marketing itself? I mean, how have you have you become more marketing savvy with each company? Have you become, you know, do you think that you've evolved yourself?
3: I still think that, they're, you know, I always try to interview a lot of people and bring people in to get ideas and have them do case studies and say, if this was your job, what would you do? Because everything is changing so rapidly, right? right? The digital digital media and um. I do think that there's there is a place for in some cases direct mail, which you know, some people are like that's like the, the um, dinosaur. It's oh, actually it now making some places. a big comeback. No, it's making yeah. a big comeback Absolutely. because you no know, people aren't getting that much mail. So um, it's actually a really good use of people's dollars now in some in some cases to use direct mail. So right. versus email, because I mean, you can just block the emails, at least the direct mail, they'll look at it before they throw it in the trash can, you know, <laughs> right, or they hold right. on to it because they don't get that much.
1: Well, and, and so, it's fewer, this, yeah, it's a smaller, smaller pool. You're not competing with as much uh, for their attention.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, you, you never stop learning, right? There's no, there's no, yeah, I've learned everything I can learn. No, that's not the case. I'll learn something new tomorrow too.
1: Right. Now, is there a favorite form of marketing that you, that you've kind of picked up and said, you know, I really, really enjoy this? Besides Twitter, besides Twitter, Um, besides Twitter, I love Twitter. (laughs)
3: Um, I can spend hours on Twitter. I don't know. I don't know that I have a favorite one. I do. um, I enjoy seeing what the people do for our social media for each company is very different. Um, I'm really strongly, Making sure that the things that are are consistent is that our logos are in there, that it's well branded for each different company. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually, whenever I start a company, I often have a very strong opinion about the colors that it should be and what the logo should look like. And that's usually the first thing that comes to me from a creative standpoint is that it's very interesting. Um, The software one was the hardest one I had the hardest time with this last time. And usually that comes to me right away. But, um, and that one was the hardest one. So getting that, getting that in the right color scheme was, was, um, challenging this time. Right.
1: Well, and do you you have, uh, I don't know, some words of wisdom for anybody who's starting out a business or maybe one that's been, uh, the other part of course is, you know, companies that have plateaued and they've hit that, that place where they're just not growing. They're not moving forward. Do you have any words of wisdom that you can share? Yeah,
3: so a couple things. I would say know uh, what your online presence means. So if your website is not on, and we do our websites with, um, uh, you know, and manage them. Individually, Mm -hmm. so we get we seek outside help on certain things and whatnot. But like the day to day updates and things like that, and change tweaking words here or there because people start to use different words for different things: budgeting and forecasting and strategic planning. You know, you know, today it's today it's a budget. Tomorrow it's the strategic.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, strategic spend or whatever, following I the know.
1: trends, right?
3: Yeah, you have to your your website has to be SEO optimized in that regard, right? Mm-hmm. So I would tell my favorite story about the biotech company is, um, they thought they would come up on the on Google's first page the, as soon as the website was up. Right. That's not true. Like it takes a long time. It takes a long time for that to happen. Right. Well, we got, we got to the first page in, in three weeks, which I, I thought was pretty amazing. So, um, and it was coming up on the first page of the Google search in three weeks. So, so I would tell someone who's starting a new business to put your website, get your, get your website up sooner rather than later even mm-hmm. if you're even if you're not using it, get the main page up so that you're getting indexed sooner rather than later. You know, fetching and rendering your website through Google for Google Analytics is an important factor. And
2: mm-hmm. That's how
3: each page is getting pulled, and and you know the the page indexes. I mean, that's how. And then when you do launch, you're go, you're going to come up on the Google on the first page of Google when some when you get a good article about yourself put into the Washington Post or whatever. You know, so um, people will be able to Google the name of your company and it will come up first. Because your website is older so a lot of people don't know that
1: well this has been fantastic i really appreciate your time and all of the advice that you've given and sharing some of your stories of all this, the companies that you've started it's just a uh, uh, wonderful i really appreciate it thank you so much carolyn and uh we'll chat in the next uh, upcoming event hopefully <laughs> the washington, washington women leadership initiative This has been I Think I Need Marketing with Bonnie Taylor.
2: See you at the next episode.
0: Thank you for listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Be sure to join Bonnie Taylor for another episode next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week, think of what you could be doing differently in your marketing program.